Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Will you please take a, a minute to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Nicole Holst, and I'm an intuitive life purpose coach and sole business mentor for women who are usually busy, hardworking women that want more out of life than I say a, a daily reality they dream of escaping from. So. I help them follow their intuition and get out of their own way by overcoming their own self-limiting beliefs and childhood garbage that holds us back so that they can follow their true potential. Yeah, it's it's amazing how we get so programmed to uh, not listen to ourselves pretty much and follow the social norms of everything. And then right. we end up making a circle right back. <laughs> Right. And um, I, I believe that uh, we have to follow, you know, what our own soul is telling us that everyone has a purpose and a destined path. And basically it's up to us whether we get on it or we get sidetracked by what seems more safe and secure, which a lot of times turns out not to be. And it seems like a, a surefire path to being miserable. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone to uh, live a life smaller than they could be living, basically. Absolutely. Can you tell me how you started your journey? Sure. Um, well, I had a very spiritually open mother. She was very into the idea of the other side. She was very Christian. She she believed in doing the right thing and helping people, right? So she was always actually bringing homeless people over, people that were down on their luck. And um, what I saw was that, you know, it's like an energy exchange, right? So when you right. give out, you get it back. Um, but she was very open to, you know, spirits and signs. And then I had a dad that was very analytical and kind of, you know, have to see it to believe it type. And I think I was right in between where I was a dreamer, like my mom, you know, but I had the practical side that I would want the universe to kind of prove it to me. So I always felt intuitive as a kid. I always, you know, believed in signs and synchronicities. And I used to see little white butterflies, which is why I have them in my logo. And it just sort of felt to me like my grandmother I'm named after was there who I never met. And that you know, she was kind of guiding me on my path. I remember being in bed at night as a kid and like putting stuffed animals around my bed and like those little glow worms, remember from the eighties. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I would sense spirits. I just didn't know what it was. So I was kind of trying to protect myself. And I know I was very open because I could feel things and I could feel people's energy. And then I think because I was creative, like when I got to college and I was a dance major and I was pushing myself out of my comfort zone, I kind of opened up a little bit, I think. And I got around other people like me, some of whom I'm still friends with. One of my college friends is actually a medium now. Oh, wow. All those things that I thought were kind of like, I guess they weren't weird to me because to my mom, they were totally acceptable. You know, I just never really shared it with other people. And then when I got to New York and I started pursuing my dreams and I was kind of opening my creative side more and I was starting to be a songwriter. And I, I honestly think that creativity is just channeled information and inspiration, right? Because I've woken up with songs in my head that there's no mm -hmm. way I could have put together, you know, in my sleep. So I think it's all related, but I started to have psychic dreams. And basically they'd either be like little signs for me of what to do next on my path. And I could tell like what the message was, you know, or they would be like full on premonition dreams of things that were mm -hmm. going to happen or things that were happening at the time, like even deaths. And I predict like 
I had to do my dad's house got broken into. And two weeks later, it happened. I was in New York. He was wow. In and in the exact order, windows and doors, I said, and I described the guy and they found him. So it started showing to me that, you know, there's something bigger to life, right? If if I can dream about something that hasn't happened yet, there must be a plan if it then happens, right? So it became fascinating to me. And um, I think they expanded even more. I moved back home and I got into mental health. I was working with the homeless. And mm-hmm. that's when I really started seeing if you don't have a purpose, like we could put them in housing, we could get them mental health treatment, we could fix their lives, right? But if they didn't have something to do every day that meant something to them, even if it was just like taking care of a garden or checking on a neighbor, you know, they would flounder and end up back on the street. So I was like, really our purpose is like integral to our survival, I think. And somehow yeah. around that time, an ex-boyfriend in New York sent me a tarot card deck. And I really never thought about, you know, I'd had readings, my mom had taken me to readings, but I never thought about doing it. So I basically just started doing it for myself, kind of playing with it. And then I would kind of do it for friends. And then I'd end up doing it at like a Halloween party at my house. And when it really hit me that it worked was I was doing strangers and they were telling me that's exactly what's going on in my life. And I was like, okay, there's something to this because I don't know anything about this person. Whereas with my friends, I thought I'm putting in what I want, you know, or for right. <laughs> and then I was a copywriter and some of my first clients for tarot were my writing clients who were all a lot of times therapists who I think are secretly psychic or empaths, right? Because they can tap into people. So it kind of just all came together. And I had this spiritual awakening, I would say, when I was in that job that I knew I didn't belong in, I'd gone in kind of away from my purpose. Meanwhile, I was helping other people <laughs> rebuild their lives. Right. And I kind of hit this dark night of the soul where I had lost my mom. Yeah. Several people that were important mm. to me, you know, uh, bad breakups, like kind of like, how did I end up here kind of feeling? And that's when I discovered like law of attraction and positive thinking and, you know, doing cards. And I feel the cards are just a piece of paper that help you tap into your intuition. I don't think they have any special powers. I don't think I have yeah. any special powers. I think we all have intuition and it's how much we can tap into it or not. And then the hardest part is just trusting it. Right. And I think that's what I mostly do with right. people is help them clarify what they're feeling. And when I do cards to someone, I'm just a lot of times telling them, you know, what they're already feeling on their own and just validating it. And, you know, mostly they tell me, that's what I was already thinking. How would you know that, you know? And so, um, yeah, basically I think it's a great way to validate your intuition. And I don't think there's anything evil about it. My mom was Christian. I have her cards, you know, I think it's a way to tap into like a prayer and get answers on your prayer. That really opened something for me because that's when I started connecting with a bigger spiritual community and making friends with people that were mediums and that I went a deeper level into, you know, I found out I could do mediumship, which I had no idea and that I was actually mm. pretty advanced. And um, <laughs> my friends now pushing me to get out there and do that more. But, you know, I take it as like a sacred thing, you know, uh, if someone lets me tap into their energy and give them answers on their journey, I think we all have like an important spiritual purpose here. And even if it doesn't seem epic, the littlest things we do to change towards the better. I think it's that butterfly effect that affects kind of all of humanity. You know, when we do something towards our purpose and shine our light to other people, and then I meet people like you along the way that just make it much more fun and like share the same mission. And uh, so that's kind of been my journey with it and accepting it is, is the thing and putting it out there, you know, but it's kind of nice <laughs> when you meet the other weirdos like you in the world that are just, you know, I know, right. <laughs> and open to growth. And I think it's an amazing community. I started a Facebook group for that reason because I just, I like to bring all the people together that, you know, want to grow and 
have been through something. And because of that, I think you have more to contribute. So it's been like an amazing journey. I'm back in New York now. And I think that was all part of my journey, you know, yeah. um, this mind, I, I thought it was really random for a while. And why, you know, you, you second guess those jobs, like, how did I end up in this soul sucking job? I didn't want to be a, but every job I've had led me to what I'm doing now. Right. And like, exactly. I started out in physical health with Pilates and dance. And I learned that people would come to me, you know, for physical thing that was really an emotional thing, right? Like someone, mm. um, trauma they had processed or whatever. And then I got into mental health work and it was the same. Their body might be hurting, but it, it was something else, right? Or the purpose part. And then the spiritual thing, I feel like we have all these subconscious blocks we don't even know about. So if we can integrate them all, we learn something about where we're meant to be. And it's an easier path, basically, when we realign our mind, body, and soul. So I, I looked back and realized, oh my gosh, I actually had the perfect background to help people <laughs> because I understand mind, body, and soul, and I have a background in each each thing, you know, as a business. So, um, you know, I, I I think something put me on this path long before I was having dreams about that too. For years before I moved back to New York, my mom was coming to me from a backyard in New York, and I, I would wake up and think, what the heck is she doing there? Like she's from California, you know. But that would be like her. She's very nonchalant and smoking a cigarette. Like that would be her to like, just be like, I know what's coming kind of thing. Like you'll see when you get there, <laughs> you know, I actually had an ex-boyfriend who had that exact backyard I dreamt of. And I told him like, this used to be over there and there used to be a fountain here. And he's like, How wow, mom showed me years ago. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's wild. And I love that. Like I'm endlessly fascinated by all that stuff. And I just think it's all connected and we're all connected. So if we can help each other, you know let's do it yeah i mean <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh exactly like you said it's it's like we go on this path in the beginning and we think we think that we're just kind of floating around or just doing things that don't matter until we get to a point where it all connects mm -hmm. like i've done many different kinds of jobs and realizing now that every single thing that i've done has contributed to where I'm at now. Like everything right. has a purpose. So, I mean, and that's an amazing point that you brought up. And along with the uh, tarot cards and anything else, it's all a tool. And right. these tools are here just to help us, you know, bring out or get messages. Um, I channel through writing. So like you said about the song songs, uh, I have a blog and, and things like that. And I still write like pen to pad. And that's the best way for me because it's like, as soon as I pick up that pen and touch it to the paper, it just flows. And by the end of it, I go back, I read it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like a state, right? Like that's like automatic writing. It reminds me of where like you're in the zone. And, and that's because I think that something else takes over us. It's like spirit. Exactly. You know? But I think it's it's for the highest good, right? Like you're bringing something to humanity. Um, I think when it's ever in that intention, you know, and and I think there are no wrong turns or detours. I think that that's all part of the journey, and we're taught that it's like a straight line to the top, and it just yeah, not right. Like yeah, nothing is linear at all. I was zigzagged across the country three times, but I don't think I. I was not meant to do that. I actually moved home a year before my mom got sick and I was doing well here. So I know something beyond me 
knew that was coming and put me there because I had no reason to leave, you know, but something was strong enough saying like, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. Like right now. Like, I That's think an amazing hard- point because, uh, I had a similar experience. Uh, as you know, I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And uh, one summer, I just was communicating with my dad. He moved to Atlanta uh, when I was in high school. And he always asked me to come. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 okay. He asked me to come to college there. I'm like, no. Nah. And then finally one day, he asked me again. And this time, I said, yes. I'm like, you know what? I just packed up everything and moved down. Two years later, he passed away of a massive heart attack. But because I came, my family came. So we all came down and we all got to spend his last two years with him. Wow. So that was like amazing because if I never would have came, they never would have came and we never would have gotten a chance to really be with him. And so it was regret, right. And I think the right. that, like I was actually away from my mom for five years for school. And then I came to New York for seven. So I was gone for 12 years at the point that I decided to come home. And that's when I got to, I get to take her to Jamaica for her 60th birthday. And I get to spend a year with her before she was sick. It's just our ego gets attached to things and timelines and we get impatient and we like compare ourselves. And I, I get this a lot coaching people where like I should be here by now. I'm this age, and why haven't I right. accomplished anything? And right. really, I don't think there's anything that we have to accomplish to have worth. And someone had to teach me this, right? Because I, my way of getting attention from parents that weren't there a lot was like doing a lot, right? And that, that in a way, got in my way when I got out of survival mode because you know I thought my only worth was tied to what I accomplished. But really, we have just an inherent worth just by being here, right? But we right. have to. We have to let go of that need that if we're not doing on like for me a million things, that means that I'm failing. Or if I'm not, you know, I'm not married with kids by 40, that means I'm not lovable. You know, I took a different path. So it's kind of like owning self-acceptance, but also just I think when we just go with the flow and we let the universe show us like that path of least resistance and we don't try to push too hard because we could push so hard we make the wrong thing happen. Right. Um, and sometimes I think when the universe blocks things, I, it's helping us too. So we have to let go of like what we thought we needed, because I'll tell you that the job I got when I moved home out of the three I applied for was the one I didn't want. Um, but it put me on the path of homeless outreach and it was across the street from my mother's house. So when my mother got sick, wow. I was able to go home three times a day and I actually like discovered her in kind of a crisis one day and like got her help sooner. And I think what the hell would have happened if I wasn't here and the universe had put me in that job, you know, like I was going to turn that job down. <laughs> so, and it opened the door for being all. So I'm just like, if, if there's like a message I have for people, it would be to follow that intuition. I always say, no matter how crazy it sounds, or especially when it sounds crazy, because if it sounds crazy, it's not your mind and your mind doesn't always have your best interest. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's a balancing act, and it is so true that when the universe really sends you blockages, like I'm a very headstrong person, I'm a fixed sign through and through. So when I make up my mind, that's it. I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing that can stop me, nothing that can deter me. So I experience situations where the universe is like, uh, no, and I'm yeah. like, uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. And it's like, no. And I like one situation I forced to happen and it pretty much blew up in my face. And it was like, we tried to tell you. <laughs> so yeah. then 
at that point, I was like, okay. So as what Abraham Hicks says, I started to learn that I need to just flow with the stream and <laughs> not swim I against the current. Yeah, I know. My spiritual awakening, a friend told me about her when I was really kind of at the bottom, I would say. I was helping homeless people all day. And meanwhile, I was like not dealing with my grief. I had just like, you know, broken up with the guy I thought I was going to marry. I had other crises going on in my family. And when someone, I, I really couldn't get myself out of it. And like the antidepressants didn't do anything for me. And I'm over here helping, you know, mentally ill people all day. Um, and so, you know, that's when I kind of, she taught me about that. And I was like, wow, it literally could be as simple as changing your thought, one thought at a time. And then I started kind of playing with it. Like I said, I always test the universe. I didn't automatically believe everything. I was like, let me try it and just see what would happen. And, and like the craziest thing started manifesting. Like I thought I would never buy a house in that area. It was too expensive. Somehow a house right like underneath what I qualified for that looked like my dream little house, the country appeared magically. Like I wasn't even looking. I was looking for an apartment and my cousin was like, how about get a house? And I was like, yeah, I can't afford a house, you know? I put on a vision board and the same thing with um, a spot in Portugal I wanted. I, well, I didn't know where it was. I just knew it was Portugal, but I wanted to go there someday. And then I got a good tax return back and I randomly went to Portugal and I looked down and I was standing in the spot that was on my vision board. Like it had black, wow. wavy, white, wavy tile and a fountain. That's how I recognized it. And I, I was just wandering that day and I looked up and I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, you know, so I started believing like you really can like manifest things that are beyond i think the problem is we limit ourselves to what we think is possible right and, like i've never liked that phrase aim for the moon you'll hit the stars i'm like why don't we aim for the moon and just go beyond the moon you know like, right exactly you know so i've never really understood the idea of limiting ourselves but i know that there's times in our life where we can't see the way out and it right it dark or like we just we feel trapped and i think those are those moments you got to turn to those tools or those teachers like that that can give you just a little it's usually something simple you know That's right what I, what I get about it like something super simple you know to get you out of that yeah I, like she has helped me uh listening to neville goddard that like uh one of his speeches which i thought was really interesting uh, he he talks about how the imagination is God. And basically any inspirational thoughts, any, especially when it comes to artists, when you're creating that art form, it is divinely sent to you, channeled to you, right? And anything that you can imagine, you can create because you wouldn't have those thoughts if you couldn't create it. And I think that people just get kind of wrapped up in the step-by-step -step process of it. And, you know, we all want things to happen on our time and, <laughs> and things like that. And it there's no such thing as time, so we can't dictate that. But once we put it out there, let it go <laughs> and move on. That's, uh, I think, the it, part, you know, we like to let it go. And, you know, I think... That's the biggest thing I learned from law of attraction because I was a doer. I was like, I make it happen. And if you ask me, right. like, Cole, get her mind on something, she'll make it happen. But but then there comes a point, like, let's say you're applying for your dream jobs where you, your resumes are out there and you got to now trust. Or maybe you're getting like, I have a great story about a dream job I manifested from touching this rock at a museum. It was a magic manifestation rock. And I had told mm -hmm. the universe kind of like, I'm not, I don't want to work for anyone anymore, but I don't want to produce shows on my own. It's too much work. Like, 
maybe a venue somewhere will open and they'll hire me to put on shows. Like I kind of just put it out there and I wrote a letter to the universe. And then I, for a month, I kept feeling like I need to put, I need to start applying for jobs, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. And, and the thing is that all these people started showing up wanting to stay with me back to back for a month, three different people to the point where I had no time. And I was like, you know what? I have this time off. I'm going to enjoy it before I go jump into another job. And one of them took me to Natural History Museum. That's where this magical gym show was. And I was like, oh, oh. that's rock, the Labradorite. Have you ever seen Labradorite? Yes. Like manifesting. So yes. I literally told my friend, I'm like, I'm going to touch this rock and I'm going to manifest all my dreams. And I was joking, right? Less than an hour later, I'm in the same room and my friend texts me, hey, I'm working for this new venue in Brooklyn and they're looking for someone to produce variety, vintage variety shows, which was my specialty. And hire basically the top talent in New York and they'll give you a budget. And I was like, what? <laughs> I left the museum with an interview for my dream job. Like, that's amazing. Touching this rock. I'm like getting chills right now talking about it because I'm like, that's... I know when I would say like, we have that choice to make a change. And I basically told the universe, I'm not doing it my on my own, but I need you to bring me this. And, and I know I wasn't supposed to apply for a job because if I had gotten one, I might've turned that down. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. So, but I think that we, I was going to say, I think the hardest part is we want to know the how, the when, the why, right? Like we're like, right. We and yes. Our, and same thing when I do love readings, they're like, well, where is, if this guy's not the one, you got to tell me because I got to go find the one that is. And I'm like, how about you just work on yourself, get yourself to be an energetic match to what you want. And then it'll just show up and they don't believe exactly you. for me. And they're like, how'd you do that? <laughs> you know? So I'm like, you got to let go of that. The universe does the how, the when, and the why. And in a way, for someone that's been like a lifelong perfectionist and control freak, that was such a relief to think I could just put out what I want. And it might, but the thing is, it worked. And I, it, it blows my mind as someone that's also a fixed sign. You can see my Leo in the background <laughs> that wants to make it and, and is more comfortable making it happen because then I know I have some control over it. When right. I actually we have way more control when we trust the universe because look at all the things that happen to us, like our parents, like we couldn't have known to put ourselves there. Right. So that's, yeah. Every time, you know, because like we're all human. So I still am in a mode, like I learned to release, but um, yeah, I am like very goal oriented. So I'm like, right. okay, next step, next step, next step. If yeah. it's taking too long, I got to figure out why. And that really releasing, uh, it relieves a lot of stress. I have to say, uh, every time I find myself in that mode, I just take a minute, breathe, and just let it go. And then it happens automatically. It just flows in. And I think that people really, these days, with everything going on, need to understand not to get wrapped up and there's so many things in the spiritual world where they're talking about, okay, uh, Anunnaki and <laughs> like solar flares and all of these things. And I'm like, listen, focus on yourself and what you can do. Let all that go because <laughs> you can't control yeah. that. And well, you'll be much happier. Problems, right? I learned that with homeless outreach. Like I can't make someone do something. I can't. You know, even with coaching, like I can't, I can't fix your life unless you want to make a change, but I can help right. you. I can help you figure out what your soul is trying to tell you. And then you have choices to make. Right. Um, 
And I do think that we can push too hard. I think it's an American thing. It's like, we can never do enough. I mean, I, I grew up as a dancer and a da- basically as a dancer, you're taught you can never be perfect. So keep working, mm. work harder, work harder, push yourself. If you're injured, keep going. I had teachers that told me that. You wow. Know, um, so I had to unlearn a lot of that. And, um, you know, also I had a dad that was, he's a little bit OCD and a perfectionist. And if we didn't do it right the first time, he would just take it over and do it himself. So we didn't really awesome. learn that that we could make mistakes, you know, and we're so hell bent on, you know, not, not embarrassing ourselves or like making the wrong move. And so I like to call it imperfect action. So mm. let's just take, cause I, I'm the first one that'll get that perfection paralysis and I'll just get stuck and not move at all. And that's when I've had to call in my own, like spiritual guides, like life coaches and therapists and friends and colleagues that know me and know that's just your childhood fear of money and security holding you back. Like when I came back and I, my dream was to produce shows and I, I, I really, I hadn't been here 10 years. I didn't know the dancers anymore. I was like, well, what if I completely blow this? And they think I'm just like, who the hell is this girl? Right. And then I called people that were like, this isn't you. Like you can make a app and you do this. You just got to meet new people now. And like, you gotta, you know, and help me get past that absolute fear I had of just getting started out to people and if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have achieved like I got to do an event at the Ritz Carlton like things I could have never imagined as my little kid like I was poor kid with a single mom in a small hometown like if you told me someday I'd run an event at the Ritz Carlton I would have been like no way but I dreamt (laughs) about that too I dreamt I had that dream a year ago it was something about champagne in like a hallway of a fancy hotel and I this was in California way before I was thinking of moving here and also, my mom showed me a dream of me at a bigger desk and like a horizon. And I was like, okay, what's she trying to show me here, you know? And when I went there, I was meeting a dancer, basically, that was pouring champagne in the hallway. I was bringing her costume. That was my job. And I all of a sudden hit me. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I jumped I know. Year Those ago, moments, you know, right? <laughs> in my consciousness, you know? Um, and that's that letting go part. Like, I didn't really know how I was going to make it happen the first time I moved to New York or when I moved home or when I moved back. And every single time I thought this could be the biggest mistake of my life, (laughs) I could lose it all. Like, I don't know what I'm doing for a living, you know, but I I just sort of blindly trusted the universe to fill that in as like a huge experiment, but my life expanded every time. And so, you know, to trust my intuition has never let me wrong. My life always got better when I followed it. Not saying it was easy. I don't think that we necessarily have an easy path. No. I think it can get harder at first because you have to get through all those fears. But then on the other side of that fear is where it gets really good, right? Right. I always like to tell people uh, everything you want is on the other side of fear. And fear is just, they say, false evidence appearing real. So we have all these things in our mind that wants to block us but when we feel the most fear that's usually the situation that's going to transform our lives and so many people get stuck and don't accomplish things because of that crippling fear but really in our mind it it is much worse in our mind and we already go through the motion so when it happens it's not as bad as we thought yeah the what ifs you know what if i always say well what if it works out you know i mean yeah do it scared everything I ever did singing on stage I had to overcome my childhood you know fear from messing it up when I was a kid you know and 
uh, embarrassing myself. So the first time I'd sing in public as an adult, I was terrified. But I was like, if I don't do this, I remember thinking, like, I have a choice to be brave or I'm going to be that person that regrets it and looks back at my life and said, you could have, you're not going to know what you could have been. You know what I mean? And I, just, right. I was afraid of that, <laughs> I think, you know? Um, and the thing is, you could always pivot. Like, there's no failure. I think there's only spiritual lessons and redirection. Yes. And you know, if people weren't so hung up on the fact that we have to be perfect and accomplish so much and like just actually experience life like a child would, like a kid, you know, and I had one of my coaches tell me this, a kid, when they're learning to walk, doesn't beat themselves up. If they fall down, they just grab the edge of the table. They keep going until they figure it out, you know, but exactly like we put so much ego on like succeeding and then it blocks us because before we even get started, we think of everything that could go wrong, you know? And I mean, that was my job as a show producer. I was both, I was a good producer if I thought of everything that could go wrong and prevented it. But then there's a point in your life where that doesn't help you anymore, you know? And I had to have coaches to show me that, that that was actually, if you, what helps me when I get to that point is I look at where is this coming from? I'm like, is this mm -hmm. coming from like a logical place of protect yourself if that makes sense? Or is this coming from some childhood insecurity that if, that my brain's actually telling me if you take this risk, you could die, which is completely illogical, right? Right. <laughs> tactic. So well, usually if I feel scared is when I do it because I'm like, I know I'll grow if I do it. I know like what's, the, I think what's the worst that could happen really? You know, right. like I embarrass myself and then people forget a day later because they're so busy with their lives. And the more let's, you're comfortable with yourself, the less you care, you know? Yeah, like, let's, let's touch on uh childhood trauma and how that really uh makes us who we are as adults and a lot of the fears that we have are based from our childhood Most so of them are, I think. yeah i mean pretty much <laughs> those are our years of development and so right. those stay within us in our subconscious mind and a lot of times it takes us really like I believe in shadow work. I, I preach this a lot. And sometimes, well, a lot of the times when we go back and look at situations from a third person point of view, we'll notice things that we can put together. Like, okay, I never realized that my fear of, I don't know, uh, bugs came from this particular time when I was a child. And <laughs> Oh, my parents made me watch a, a horror movie about bugs yeah, and now yeah. I'm scared of bugs. <laughs> like, yeah. I call that like the soul work or like you said, the shadow work or like when you can face your fear or your shadow and you can label it, it suddenly has less power over you. Right. And I mean, uh, I, I think sometimes like when I worked in the mental health industry, like a diagnosis can do the opposite. It could like stigmatize you. Mm -hmm. like, this is who you are instead of like, this is something you experienced and how you dealt with it. Right. You know, like um, I was trying to think of an example, like from my own, but I had one, I've had times where I knew it was something old and deep because I couldn't get over it. And I, so I would like kind of meditate on it. And then I would have a memory flash up and in, in like, I had a memory of um, being in the dentist's office and my parents telling the doctors, like, we're going to take her braces off early. And this is at a time when I was attracting a lot of men in my life that I felt like were kind of like blow my standards of like, why am I getting these guys that are a hot mess? And I realized I had this self-worth issue that went back to feeling like I wasn't worth being invested in. Like, you know, my things didn't matter basically, right? But I carried through into adulthood and it manifested as like, well, 
this is what I deserve. I don't, I don't deserve someone investing in me. And I realized that's where it came from. So I think that's a good uh, technique if you're ever feeling like blocked. You don't know why. Maybe you just like meditate on it. Make a memory, you know, pop up that explains it. Or you just look into yourself. I mean, it's not usually people like that I work with. We start talking about their mindset blocks. And I ask, well, where do you think that comes from? They know that exact memory from childhood. You know what I mean? Um, of where they got that lack of confidence or whatever, you know, where it came from. But then the great thing is, like, once you kind of identify it, it doesn't really have much power. It's not just a thing in your head, you know? So we all have that. You know, definitely the homeless people I worked with, 100% of them had trauma. There was a reason they ended up there, you know? Um and, and some of it's adult trauma too, you know, and trauma, that word's misleading. Cause I think we hear trauma. We think you had to be abused right. or like sexually abused. And I, I heard a great definition, which basically said that trauma is anything you're, and, and as you know, people, light workers and stuff, we're more sensitive too, right. right. From the get go. Usually I remember being a very sensitive kid and everything seemed to affect me. And I was an artist. So it was, makes sense, you know, but I didn't know why, um, and so I realized that, you know, I just kind of pick up on more than most people or highly sensitive people, whatever. And it stays with you longer, right? And you have to learn how to protect yourself and not absorb everything. So, you know, um, protection is very that. important. <laughs> and limiting your boundaries. You know, I, I, if I didn't do that, when I, my homeless outreach job taught me that because I was working with people who were at the bottom of the barrel and if I picked up all their emotions from 150 people a year, I wouldn't be able to function and help them, you know, and moms a lot of times have this problem, mm. like being able to set their energy from their kids and what their feelings are. And then they're sucked in and, you know, drains them and now they're separated from their self, you know, so it's like knowing yourself and where your boundaries are, like your energetic boundaries, even, you know, I had to learn that the hard way. I, I did too. <laughs> I had to learn the really hard way about yeah. uh, absorbing people's energies and how it actually affected me on physical level. It made me physically ill. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is insane. But it was difficult because I actually live with those people. So we were constantly mm -hmm. in each other's energetic field and I had yeah, to yeah. take extra precautions to uh, mm -hmm. protect myself. But in the end, the best protection was to leave. I had to remove myself yeah, because I constantly leave. all day long had to protect myself, protect myself. And it just got really exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, like when you're on a spiritual journey, not everyone else is on one, right? right. So like we might keep progressing and and faster and faster and it might seem like people are kind of being removed or remove you're removing them from your life. But if you one part about being on your soul path, which is what I'm all about, I mean my whole business called Follow Your Soul Path, but you know, sometimes you're making sacrifices, right? Like you're, you're, when I was on my dance journey, you know, there was a lot of parties I didn't get to go to and a lot of things I didn't get to do and birthdays I missed, but I knew I was on a path that was going to get me out of my hometown, you know, um, and help me live a bigger life. And and now when I go back, I think, oh my God, like I thought that was such a tiny little thing to hold on to, you know, this, I picked the most unlikely career ever to get me out of this town. But it's what my heart said. And I looked at parents that didn't do what they loved. Exactly. And I didn't like how their lives looked and how <laughs> unhappy they seemed. And I was like, well, I'm holding on to this. And it wasn't easy. I I had auditioned four times to get into my college dance department. I was way behind technically. I basically got my butt kicked and 
had to tear my ego to the ground and say, you know what, I'm going to do the work. And then I think that is the most amazing place when someone's ready. And that's like what I do with my programs. I'm like, if someone's ready to do the work, then I'm all in with you because I know like, that's a really powerful place to be. And like, that's where your power is. And that's an amazing, like, I always think of Dorothy Wizard of Oz, my first inspiration. And when she put her foot on that yellow brick road, it's like that first step, you know, like that's the hardest part, right? (laughs) You know, I just created a program that's like, it's all about taking that first step and helping them through it. Cause I've been there many times and I know like I had help along the way though, you know, I had my little characters on the yellow brick road. And so if I could help people like escape something that is not aligned to their soul and follow something that it really is, then that's what I'm all about because I know like the right people come in to help you at the right times. And if they come across me, it was meant to be, you know, and I think that's when the universe magic happens. Right. When you take that brave leap of faith, I've always seen, and I've seen in other people's lives, celebrities' lives, you put that foot out there on that path and that's when the universe comes in and says, now I'm going to line up everything. You need. Right. Like, Dorothy couldn't have where the tin man's going to be and, you know, where this Emerald city was, but she knew she was getting there, you know, no matter what it took and the right people and circumstances came in to make it happen. And I really have seen that in my life. And I believe that it's the same for everyone. Cause I think we all have a destined purpose. And I always say like this, like if, if we were all come came down, and we're meant to be a garbage man. Like we were all garbage men and none of us had inspiration for anything like coming to us. The, that, the world would be clean, but that would be it. Right. Like, <laughs> right. We, all, like we all have a role to fill. I think that's all integrated. If you ever think about it, it's kind of a miracle, right? It, that yeah. everything works as well. It's amazing. It's a wonderfully like, created system that we yeah. fail to recognize a lot of times because we're, we have this false sense of control, but we, if we understand how everything really absolutely works together, nature is the biggest example of that. And so one of my favorite uh, lines uh, Oprah says, right, is luck is preparation meeting opportunity. That's when, like you said, the magic happens, right? But you have to be prepared. (laughs) That's what's funny to me is, you know, people will look at what I've done and they'll be like, oh, you're, you're so lucky. And I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, I did the work yeah. and then I let go yeah. basically, you know, and they don't know that inner process. That's what I want to help people with. Cause I'm like, I understand like not everyone has gone through what I've gone to, to understand like the simpler things are easier, you know, in a way. And Oprah is actually a big believer in law of attraction mm-hmm. and vision boards and manifesting and all of that too. And, um, you know, also a great example of like overcoming, right? Like right. she came up from very abusive childhood. And can you imagine like being in like the deep South and literally being Oprah? Like people you say, know, like, he the- came up from the mud, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a lily, right? Yeah, we call lotus blossom. They can like grow in anything. Right. right? And, and, but she had such a vision. I think that you're like, use that imagination. Even Albert Einstein said, imagination is more powerful than knowledge because it sees beyond what is possible. Basically. Absolutely. Think about anything anyone's doing, you know, going to space. Someone had to imagine that. Right. Exactly. I think that was maybe why I always naturally did this because I was bored kid in a small town. And I remember watching the Wizard of Oz. And when she stepped out of that gray into the Mm. color, I was like, and that I tried to recreate the Wizard of Oz at four years old in my town. That was my first production. That was my first love. 
I never thought I would do it on a stage in New York, mm-hmm. right? And I did. And I'm like, how I got from there to there was all imagination. Exactly. Going, but overcoming your blocks too, right? And I'm sure that Oprah didn't get to where she is without a lot of adversity and overcoming her own fears, self-worth, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? And that's why she's inspiring other people. But I want to say one of the biggest things I think is that we think we're selfish for doing it. Especially I've worked with moms who think like, if I pursue what I really want, it's not fair to my kids. And I'm like, let's talk about it because I actually think (laughs) that makes you an amazing role model for them of, you know, being strong and confident and doing what you want and that they'll learn from that, you know, and maybe pursue their thing. And I think if everyone has a purpose and you do, and you follow your purpose, you're being the most selfless, you can mm-hmm. be, right? Because you're creating the part of the world, the piece of the pie that you're been prepared and specialized for, you know? Um, and, and I think that's the most selfless thing you could do is follow what your gut is telling you. The greatest you know? act we can do is to live our truth fully. I love it. That yeah. inspires people just by us being who we are. Yeah. And and a lot of people, you know, they get life happens. You know, I was there where I couldn't see like, what am I supposed to do from here? I I thought I already did my dream, right? I turned 30. I moved home. I was supposed to settle down be with my mom. Then my mom died, you know, and I was like, what the hell? This was not the plan, you know? (laughs) Um, But it makes you more grateful for what you have. It makes you reevaluate. Pandemic was like a great awakening, making people think about what do you want to do with your life? Great awakening. (laughs) And is this, want to be with and you know i have a guide for that too like i have a if people are completely lost like i don't know what my priorities are i don't know what i want i have a um free 10 page guide i think it's fun it's like a journaling exercise to get from yourself like okay and i had to think about it like and it changes right like my priorities now are not the same as they were 10 years ago you know now and and i like to focus on the top three and then everything comes from there because you want to build a life that you want to live not that you're told you're supposed to live or that you feel like it's going to be more secure. It has to come from like what matters most to you. Like matter if spending time with your family matters most to you, then you can't pick a career where you're going to be on the road, you know, six days a week, you know? So it helps you make those choices. And I, I think that's what I see people struggling with most is they don't trust themselves. Maybe things have happened. They don't think it's gone the right way. They don't trust themselves anymore to make the right decisions, you know? Um, and what I try to do, even if they come to me for readings, is like, I don't want them to be dependent on me. I want them to learn tools that they can use for the rest of their life. Exactly. To feel like they can move it from their soul out because that I'm not going to be there forever. And, and you are, you know, and you're going to have to make those decisions for yourself. And if I could empower them. What's the saying? More confident, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach him how to fish, fish he eats for the rest of his life. So... Exactly. Exactly. And I learned that with the homeless outreach, you know, like, and you can lead a horse to water that to be ready to, but like, we could give them, you know, we could give them tools. We couldn't do it for them. And I, and trust me, I tried, I tried to force people to do things because I knew it's going to help you. You're going to be better off. But then when I'm not there, how do they, do they know how to navigate life on their own? Like that to me would be my success of a coach, right? Like if I am leaving you at the end of a program and I know like you're going to go on and you're going to be able to make choices that are aligned to you and have the kind of life you want, then I did my job, you know, and if you need me, I'm here, you know? So let's talk about your businesses, your contribution. Thank you. Um, well, my business is pretty much brand new. It's called follow your soul path. 
So I'm super excited to get it out there. I've been working on refining it as I work with people and figure out like what people really need. Um, it's kind of a combination of my background for the last 20 years. Like I said, I was in uh, physical health teaching Pilates and dance since 2005. So I learned from that, that when your body's out of alignment, it's usually something emotional or it affects at least how you feel, right? So when you get your body back in alignment, pain goes away. It tells you something about what you're feeling. And then when I got into mental health, of course, I learned about like the mindset stuff and a lot about nervous system dysregulation, which is actually very a big relief with the childhood trauma stuff because it's actually your brain chemistry changes. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's your developmental year. And when I learned like, oh, it just changes literally your brain chemistry, but we can rewire mm -hmm. it and then it's not so hard forever. And we can actually control it with really simple things like tapping and stuff mm -hmm. that's non-invasive. Um, which as a career Pilates instructor was mind blowing to me that I could go to a session it all balled up in pain and then come out without having moved and feel better mm -hmm. because it's our nervous system response. So then I had this, you know, then I got into doing Terry. So then I realized like there's subconscious blocks too mm -hmm. that we're not even aware of. Like could be your ex from 10 years ago that's still in your field or like, you know, it basically shows you where you're at in your past. So another great tool. So I'm combining them all together now. I'm like making a holistic mind, body, soul, which I think was all part of my twists and turns to learn this in the roundabout way that I always do. <laughs> and so I just created, it's a three month program called um, Trust Your Gut and Take the Leap. And it's uh, basically three months to realign your energy and to your purpose and manifest your dream life with ease. Because like I said, I think once you do that inner work, I think that's when the universe meets you halfway. So I'm going to get you to that point, basically. Um, and the first month, it's three sessions a month. The first month is um, basically mind, body, soul. So we identify your mind, body, soul blocks, three different sessions. So I call that the caterpillar stage. Yes. The, um, <laughs> and I love how it lined up to my little sign and synchronicity, which I didn't even think about at the time. But the second month, we work on like tapping into your intuition having a bigger vision of the future, filling out that guide and figuring out like, what do you really want? And what's the first step we're going to take together? And then celebrating that, you know, and getting you basically a, a, a plan in place to attack whatever it is your goal is. And it, it doesn't have to be epic, right? It doesn't have to be like, I want to become a rock star. It could be like, I just want to feel better in my body. I want to be more confident. It, it could be anything, you know, um, and that's going to happen anyway. So it's sort of like a return to wholeness, I say, yeah. uh, in yourself which we know is when you become a magnet. So that third month, I call it the butterfly stage. When you, um, that's the cocoon stage. Yep. The butterfly stage, you spread your wings. The third month, I just follow you through whatever it is you're doing and kind of give you the accountability and support. And I could use anything in that month, like these modalities and whatever that you need. Because some people need help. You know, have a marketing background. So I can help people with like resumes and cover letters, things like that. I could help people with just maybe they're having a bad day and they need to regulate their nervous system. Mm. Focus on law of attraction. That part kind of comes intuitively to me. So I wanted to leave one month that I could really like kind of just follow you on your journey. So you didn't feel like you were just thrown out of the nest, you know? <laughs> um, and then I have a business program too. Uh, it's called Passionate Profit. So if you have a business idea, like I've started four different businesses off my childhood dreams, you know, and I could teach you what I've learned from marketing sold out shows. And I get, I'm very hands-on with that. I get live online with people like this and I'll, I'll go through their marketing with them and give them tips or feedback or copywriting help since I did that. And I, I have a passion for that too, because, you know, people that just started a business and they're really passionate about, but maybe they 
are getting spread out or like, mm. what do I prioritize? How do I organize my time now that I'm yeah. an entrepreneur? You know, all, all things that I went through and um, ha- maybe like help with their marketing. So, so I have two right now um, that the other one is brand new and not even on my site yet. Um, but people could reach out to me through my site, followyoursoulpath.com. I think you have to type the whole thing in www since it's so new, <laughs> followyoursoulpath.com. Okay. And I do free 30 minute calls with anybody that's just curious, but I don't pressure people. They're not sales calls. It's purely to find out like, is this a good fit for you? Um, does it sound like what you want and need? Cause otherwise, you know, um, I don't want to waste your time, you know, or if you, if it's not, uh, it's, you know, geared towards spiritual people. So, you know, part of it is making sure that, that you're okay with, you know, <laughs> a little bit of woo-woo, but like I said, I bring the practical side um, and that, you know, I'm someone you want to work with. And so, yeah, I'm happy to also share that free guide on my website. You can download that and just get some answers for yourself on your path. Um, you just have to enter your email, but I won't spam yet. I'm not even using my email list yet. So <laughs> um, feel free to reach out. And I do the tarot readings through my site too. So it's all on. Okay. So they can all reach you all through your website. Yep. Followyoursoulpath.com. And then I have a, um, I just started a Facebook group that anyone's welcome to join. It's just to support each other mostly uh, on our spiritual path. And anyone's free to post what they're going through and get support from other women. And that's just Facebook um, slash groups slash follow your soul path. So you could probably search for that. And um, we'll have uh, we'll have links in the description for everything uh, pertaining to you. Uh, how can they contact you? Uh, social media are you on Facebook are you on uh, you're on Facebook are you on Instagram TikTok anything else um I started an Instagram page which I haven't even used yet so <laughs> <laughs> they could reach me at uh, my email address okay. nicole at followyoursoulpath.com it's n-i-c-o-l-e um and they can always reach me through my website too um, I receive all that personally uh, they could dm me on Facebook through the through the group and I'm happy to talk about whatever you're going through um see if I can help but pretty much if, if you're ready to follow your intuition and, and take a take a brave leap of faith, even if it's just to pursue what you really want or to get more in touch with yourself, I would love to work with you. Fantastic. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to meet you. Yes, you as well. And you're doing fantastic work out here. I mean, your whole working career has been amazing. <laughs> you oh, dedicated. You. Definitely yeah, you dedicated your life everything. to helping people. So it, it is perfect. Oh, thank you so much. And so have you, I know. So <laughs> it's nice to meet another soul sister out here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fantastic.